Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What with Dan and Julie. Today we have Chris on, who is a semi-pro footballer. Hi Chris, how are you? Hi guys, thanks for having me on. I'm good, cheers. How are you guys? Yeah, doing well, thank you. Doing well. Um, This is going to be interesting because uh, myself and Jules have literally no idea about football. We're both rugby players, so um, it's going to be a bit interesting. No, it's it's always good to, to speak to people who don't follow football all the time as well because you get a lot of a lot of questions that are quite quite different to the normal ones as well so I know it's, it's <laughs> football fans will be listening and shaking their heads I'm sure <laughs> um, so what is it you actually do um do Chris as a semi-pro footballer um so semi-pro it's obviously we're not full-time like a, a professional outfit who would train every day we um at the moment we're training well, a bit more than we were last season. So last season we trained Monday, Thursday and, and played games on a Saturday. Um, we're now training Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. And when we have games, because uh, it's pre-season at the moment, we play on a Saturday. So it's just in the evenings, really. Um, just like a, it's more or less a, a, a full-time setup. It's just you wouldn't train as, as much as a full-time team. And, and just, yeah, playing football in the evenings almost with your mates. So it's not a bad little uh, part-time job, really. Yeah, I bet. So what was your uh, life going into football? Like how how young did you start and what was sort of your career path up to now? Um, I pretty much football has always been in the family, loved it. Um, went to watch games since I was young. And my mum and dad um never forced me into football. It was always something that I I loved doing and since I was three, four really kicking the ball about in the garden and then pestered to go to a local uh, community centre that did a like five-a-side sort of little little kids kicking the ball about really in a, in a sports hall um, and I did that um, for a few years and then went to play when I was seven went to play for a uh, Saturday team um, played them and, and then Ipswich came and looked from a really young age they come looking and when I was seven they were um, looking at, at picking up players for the first age group under nines at Ipswich um, and I was just playing with my mates. They picked me up and after the game said, do you want to come and, and train with us on um, whatever day it was of the week? And then went from there, really, when they, they wanted me to sign on a, a contract with them, even at under nines, it, it gets, it's too serious, if you ask me, for a young age. <laughs> and then from, from then on, just carried on playing and, and here I am still playing, really. It's, it must be really hard for a, for a young uh, young person to to get into that kind of world that early because it's I'd imagine it's super competitive and all you want to do is play yeah. football right uh, yeah exactly that it's you get you get a lot of parents as well that's that's one of the big things that want their kids to be it's obviously quite a lucrative um career if you go into the the real premier league and high level so you get parents there that are pushing their kids and and really getting competitive the kids often it goes over their heads a bit, I think. When it certainly went over my, not that my mum and dad pushed me, but it went over my head all the competitiveness, really. And you just play mm-hmm. with your mates, and and you do get some lads that you go from a, a Saturday, Saturday league football, you're playing with your mates, and you go to Ipswich. Obviously, you're getting put with players. So I went to Ipswich, and I was um, with a load of players that I'd never met before, playing in a team. All of a sudden, that weren't my mates. They turned out to be really good mates, actually. But at the start, they weren't, and and it can be quite daunting for some people, I think. And yeah, the whole competitive side takes over and, and a lot of lads don't, so they, they fall by the wayside and, and, and don't want to carry on. So the lads that I was with at under nines, um, by the time I was in the under 18s team, um, there was only me and one other lad out of 
what started off to be 10 of us that were left there. Um, and is that mainly because they just lost interest in the sport? Or did they move somewhere else? Yeah, a bit of both, really. Um, so some lads do get told, sorry, we're not going to keep you on, which is quite hard at, at a young age. You get yeah. told at 9, 10, 11, sorry, we don't want you anymore. So some lads were, um, weren't kept on for that reason and then went on and, and played somewhere else. Or some lads, um, just a couple of them, yes, said, I don't want to do this anymore. It's not for me. Um, and they've gone on. I know one lad who actually went and played cricket, a lot more cricket and played county, county level cricket. And um, I'm not sure. I think he's still playing cricket at a good level now. But you get people like that, that at that age are playing a few different sports and yeah, yeah, and prefer that, to be honest. So, yeah, it's it's not for everyone, for sure. I guess at that young age, you do get um, a clear difference in natural ability but is it to the extent that you could really say, oh, we want this one, we don't want this one? Because surely you develop so much in those young years. That it's exactly, you get some lads who really, some lads are under nines and tens. Um, they're playing a year ahead of themselves. They're playing in the under 11s and under 12s when, when they're younger. And, and you're looking and going, oh, wow, I really want to be, I want to be like them. And you, you often see them, those sort of lads, they're the ones who are a bit, more physically developed, they can run through the players a bit more. I think it's the same. I'm sure with rugby, you guys might have seen it. If you play when you're younger, you get the lads that could run through a team, perhaps. Um, and and then you get when you're older, you get a lot more of the technical players. Um, they come through, they develop, and and they can they can turn out to be really good players. So at a young age, it's it is very difficult and quite often, if I was to be really um, quite harsh, the, the players who are playing a year up when you're younger often don't make it as a professional footballer go as far in a game as some some lads so you, a lot of lads are missed at a young age and and overlooked um and it's only later on when you get to 16 17 18 and then even later than that sometimes that they yeah. really come through and start to show their potential I, I think that's certainly the case um for rugby as well i remember playing at you know under sevens and there would be some absolute monster you know already five foot ten like yeah. eight years old running at you and you're like oh fantastic um <laughs> how do we deal with this situation yeah but then often like you say you all develop physic physically and then catch them up um and the difference yeah. isn't so great and that must be you know uh, 10 times greater at the level you were playing yeah it's you, you do get a lot of lads like i said that are physically really good and and i'm a defender as well so you get the defenders who are like i say six foot uh, what 14 some of them yeah. are ridiculous and they're running through um or strikers are running through so and they're just bullying them out of the way and and they play um they play well ahead of themselves and and perhaps sometimes they miss out on the so the when you're a, side, yeah because yeah, you've obviously had to develop more of a technical skill yeah. to be able to keep up with them which they didn't develop because they could get by on natural physicalness exactly that yeah they they get by on their physical attributes and don't quite um don't quite develop the technical side of the game as much like yeah. you see the spanish players and all the technical abilities yeah they're not always the biggest so exactly that yeah and then it, it comes later on and, and people physically develop and they're thinking oh i can't i can't do that that they can do because they've developed that skill earlier and mm. it's tough for them so obviously this isn't a full-time career for you at the moment so what is it you're doing or are you in education um at the moment, i'm in education so i was um at ipswich um when i was 
meant to be doing would have done my my A-levels. Um, so we, I took up a scholarship then, um, but did my A-levels on, on my own um, and then went and had a three-year pro contract with Ipswich. During that time, I did another A-level, did um, then the first year of an open university degree. And then after that year, I then got told by Ipswich, right, it's not, um, we don't want you anymore, basically. And um, I said, oh, okay, I, I then looked to, Part I had a few offers to maybe stay in full-time football if I wanted to, um, but I was thinking, to be honest, the offer that you have to play part-time football um, as well as go to university and and do that is um, that really appealed to me. And, and to be honest, I'm a year and a bit down the line. I'm I'm really happy I did it because I I'm basically edge. I, I'm I'm big on education. I love the idea of you can go and learn. I enjoy learning. You go and yeah. learn during the day. Go and play with your mates in the evening and earn a bit of money from that. I'm I'm pretty happy with the way it's turned out. To be honest. So are you currently um, still doing the Open University? No. So I did the um, Open University for a year. Sorry, and then um, after that, when Ipswich said so, we we don't want you anymore. Um, I had a, an offer from Loughborough University for a few years that I I applied to them when I didn't know about. I think with football it's so up in the air you don't know what's happening so I applied to Loughborough um, I, when I first got my professional contract at 18 when most people all of my mates went to uni yep and then deferring it for three years in the end yeah. until I went they're really good at it. and then I so then I, I took up last year my offer with Loughborough so I'm now at Loughborough um, and go from Loughborough to Kings Lynn which isn't the shortest drive in the world no um, <laughs> But I, we have a little car school and I go from yeah, Loughborough to Kings Lynn to um, combine football and studying, really, which is... And were you able to uh, get a scholarship with Loughborough, obviously being quite gifted at football? It was... Well, that's the thing. So they've got a, um, a team at Loughborough, which I would have um, got a scholarship with them if I'd have played for their team, but... Um, Are you not allowed... Um, no, I'm so I'm, okay. because I'm not playing for the team. I'm I'm just a, a regular student, really. Fair there. enough. Um, so I, I just kind of do my own thing. They they're really good, and they said that if if I want to train with them because the facilities there are great. I don't know if you've ever seen Loughborough. Um, uh, yeah, I know I know a lot about Loughborough sports. Uh, sports yeah. are obviously quite good at most um, most sports. They uh, throw their hand out. Yeah. So yeah, I've, I'm not um, with I'm not got a scholarship there, but okay. Uh, it, it's, and it's what are great. you studying at uh, Loughborough? Um, mechanical engineering. Okay. Uh, so I wanted, we did at Ipswich when I was doing my scholarship there, when I was um, doing between 16 and 18, I would have been doing A-levels. I did them outside. We also did a, a sports science B-tech, yep. um, which I could have gone in and, and gone down sports science route, perhaps at Loughborough or somewhere else. But I just wanted to kind of get completely away from the... Yeah sports side of it and just do something completely different I think it helps when you have I've got football and I've got education and to be honest they couldn't be further apart to be honest yeah definitely uh, so it's, it's quite nice to have a break from one and the other it sounds like you've made a really you know really sensible decision um with you're still playing semi-pro football you're still loving it but you're also getting an education is that quite common among people in your position um there it's not as common as I I would have it would have been because for me like I said I, I think it's if you want to do it if you have some sort of passion for education and football I thought more people would do it the, the thing is more people would do it, I think but it's difficult with 
I'm, I'm fortunate enough. So I go to university in Loughborough and I've got Kingsland and it's really difficult sometimes the journeys, but it sort of is, does work out because I'm based in Ipswich at home. So I can, when I'm at home, I can get to, um, get to Kingsland. When I'm at Loughborough, I can get to Kingsland. Admittedly, not the shortest journey, but a lot <laughs> of people aren't able to do that because yeah. you move to university and some people, if, for instance, if I went up north, you would go to Newcastle for um, you can't, the football season doesn't allow you to really play for a team whilst you're at uni and at home. And obviously the season and the, the uni terms don't overlap. Um, yeah, yeah. They don't, they're not really very easy to allow that to happen. So um, not many people do it. Um, people do lower down at some, so you might play for a local side, um, but that's a lot easier to kind of, if you, if you went for a few months and said, sorry, I'm, I'm going back home, I can't play this game, it's all right. Whereas the level that we're at with Kingsland, it's not professional, but it's a bit more serious um, that you can't really say, sorry, Gaffer, I've, I can't make this week. I've got to go home <laughs> from uni and, and whatnot. So yeah, not many people do it, um, sadly. There, there must be a huge drop off of, of of kids that play football, get to you know semi pro, play for teams, and then at eighteen get told, mm, "Sorry, we don't want you anymore." Then there must be hundreds of them that just have, okay, what the hell am I going to do now? It is that is exactly it. You see, so many people that you're you're good mates with, and in our scholarship we had a team so under seventeens and eighteens are mixed together, and we had a team of about twenty all in all, um, all of your mates and. And after that, you have, like I say, you have a huge drop-off. Loads get released and they fall by the wayside. And some of them who could have done a bit more with their education don't. Um, and they go into something that they might not enjoy as much. They might have to go into some, some work that their dad might line up with a, a, a job or go into some lame. I've, I've spoken to a lot of lads who are just saying, I'm just trying to pass the time, get a bit of money. Do I don't really enjoy it. I don't want to do this. But... They have to because they haven't got anything else. And, and that's the cruel world of football that you just get dropped at the drop of a hat. You, you just get released and um, and then yeah. you don't know what to do. So and you've actually obviously... a fit trial as well where you have loads of players, just hundreds of players go for a day and try and get a club, which is, sounds very daunting as yeah. well. So you obviously play at literally the highest level you more or less can at, for your age uh, whilst growing up. Have you always, uh, between like you and your parents, decided I will have a backup no matter what? Yeah, pretty much, and that's something okay. that I try. You'd to recommend, speak. yeah. Yeah, if I try to speak to someone um, about for it's not the fact that you don't believe. In, I've always thought I've, I've you've got to believe in yourself a bit to to play at a decent level, but at the same time, I had a few injuries as well. Injuries are massive. Yeah. You know, to come and it's always been mum and dad have probably kept me they always said a bit too grounded maybe and, and artists <laughs> have been going on about um about doing your your education it wasn't them who um forced me into education well not forced but i actually enjoy it and i wanted to um to do it when i was doing my scholarship hips which what's sort of your plan for when you finish university um it's to be honest i job wise i'm not sure exactly i'm doing engineering because I enjoy the math side of things, um, practical nature of it and, and making things. Um, Job-wise, I'm not sure, but I've always said I want to be able to play football, um, whatever level that is. Do you if think you'll try and pursue that? Maybe take a, uh, take a year and just say, right, I'm going to go for professional football as much as I can and see where that takes me? 
Yeah, that's what I have thought of that sort of um, scenario. But at the same time, playing at a decent non-league level is still quite well respected. And if you have, there are quite a few cases, if you if you get 30, 40 games playing well in non-league, you will get some um, professional clubs come and look at you. So for me, I think the safer option is just to get a job and play um, non-league football. And when just try and do as much as possible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, when you're enjoying it, you you play better, I think, and and it's just the safety of knowing if I have a bad game on a Saturday, it's not the end of the world. Because when you get into professional football, and it's just that is your job, you feel yeah. like you the world ended when you have you're a under game. a microscope, then aren't you? Yeah, you really are. It's um, and I'm not saying it's the uh, the pressure. It's not the thing that that would put me off, but it's just nice to have that relief of knowing that if you have a bad game, you're you're not going to be. Yeah. It's still more of a hobby then than yeah. a career, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it really is, which is, is nice. That's the beauty of non-league. I think you have two sides to your life a lot more than if you're full-time football. So how does it actually work with the um, with work playing semi-pro football? You mentioned you do a couple of days training and you play one game. Um, is there commitments for like nutrition and working out? Do you have to do all stuff like that? Um, it's a bit... It varies from club to club, obviously, but our club's very good with um, giving yourself, giving the players, sorry, um, having their own responsibilities. So they don't they don't expect you to be absolute peak fitness, but at the same time, they don't expect, they want you to be doing your own stuff. So last season, we had a lot of games around Christmas time um, and we had a lot of injuries as well. So we would try, we had Saturday, Tuesday fixtures more or less for a, a couple months and we barely trained once a week in that period because you'd have 11 players playing 90 minutes Saturday, 90 minutes Tuesday, some long travelling. Um, and these lads are coming from all over, not just Kingsland. So you could be travelling up north and then getting to Kingsland. But we had one in Chester, Tuesday night game. And some of the lads live in Norwich. They're getting back at 2, 3 in the morning, have to get up for work. Jesus. Um, so it's really demanding. And, and the the manager's really good. Um, he didn't, that was a Tuesday night. He didn't have us train on Thursday, come in on Saturday, play a game. Um, yeah. And just making sure that you're re- he, he relies on you and, and gives you the responsibility to say, right, you, you've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, get yourself right to play on a Saturday. And um, and if you don't, then it will show on a Saturday and yeah. it will be your fault. So there's not that much um, extra stuff. It is just, really down to you and, and if you want to go and do it it, it will show in the game on Saturday basically is, is what the manager thinks and he's, he's really good with us okay that's good and what sort of personality traits do you uh you see in yourself and some of the other semi-pros around you um I think one of the big things like I just said you're getting back two or three in the morning you've got you've got to get up for work yeah. um it's a bit of mental toughness I think it really is you go to some absolute holes really do places you never heard of. <laughs> and you you turn up in a change room and you've got a change room that you can't even fit 11 players and let alone the staff and the yeah the, we, we, we've experienced that before um yeah, exactly. it's, uh, that that's at all levels of sport i think it is yeah it is and you're, you're doing that and and it's a cold shoot night and you don't really want to play all the time it, in all honesty you get the games when i've sat in lectures i've had a Tuesday night game sat in lectures 
um, all morning and my brain's a bit fried and, and you don't want to do it. So that mental toughness just to get you going. And as well, a lot of the lads that are playing in non-league, some of them have come up through the lower leagues of non-league. Some of them are just on the way down um, from the professional game. And it's you, you've probably had some setbacks and it's that mental toughness and that, that confidence to still believe in yourself. They're two of the big things, a bit of confidence in yourself and a mental toughness um, goes a long way, I think, in, uh, especially in non-league football. What kind of um, aspects set the people apart from semi-pro to pro? Is that personality or is it skill-based? What is it? Um, definitely skill-based. I mean, you're, not, you're going to get more skilled players, obviously, in the um, football league. But at the same time, that it's a lot of the better players are often. It's a, it's such a mental game as well, like all sport. It's a mental game. And the lads that are playing full-time football might be that. They might just dedicate their life that bit more to football. Some of the lads in non-league are really skilled and you get some great players still. You really do. Um, lads that have come down from the, the full-time game, um, drop down a bit. But they just don't want to give up their whole life to football yeah. they want to have a bit more or they want to it, it might be two three years they might be 32 33 and they want uh, two or three years to play a bit of football get a bit of money set themselves up for after um when they're going to retire completely from football and um it's yeah it's just that that sort of the mindset of i don't want to really dedicate my whole life to football and that's kind of one of the big differences i think there are still a lot of skilled players that could make it in the full-time game but they don't want to quite dedicate all of their life to it so what are some of the biggest positives and opportunities you've got out of um, your time at Ipswich and now semi-pro football? Some of the, well, one of the main obvious positives is you're playing football, you're getting paid for it. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, that's the, the obvious positive. Um, and you, the opportunities you get, you, you get some weird, so you obviously, um, you get, some sponsors, I personally don't, but you get lads who do get um, sponsorships. You get the odd free bit here and there. We used to get Ipswich like a boot vouch. You get free boots from um, Pro Direct. Just little things like that's really cool. And you get all the um, little add-ons um, and playing it. I mean, we used to play in, in stadiums, admittedly. They were empty, a lot of them. But you play in some really cool stadiums as well, which is your mates are there watching um, in these stadiums. And you go, oh, I've played on there. I've played played against um, some really cool players as well. And, and it's it's something that when I was a young lad, I just kind of played football and I still do play it for the fun of it. Yeah. But um, you couldn't have dreamt of really playing against some of these players or at some of these places and you just go along. And before, a few years down the line, you're playing in these stadiums and against some really good players. So they're the positives, really. That it's, it's nothing drastic that you wouldn't think of. That the positives that you think they are the ones really yeah no yeah it's good that you take a you know it's not just the financial side of things it's you know just enjoying the experience what would be some of the uh, less favorable things that you've um you've thought about the uh, industry one of the things that i find is it's such an opinion-based game okay it, yeah it's just you i mean you, i think if you do athletics you do swimming you do something like that you have a number you have a yeah there's like, a there's a statistic to go next to it, not there yeah exactly yeah and um I ran, I ran the race in 12, 13 seconds, whatever it was. You can't complain. You can't argue that you have um, football is so opinionated and you have one manager who might like you, one who doesn't. 
you get for it's very political that side of things yeah, that i really don't that's what i don't enjoy and i i'm quite often one of the lads who just likes to get his head down plays football go off yeah. and and get back to it another time so yeah the whole politics that's involved with it and it that's at all levels full-time football and non-league level um it's, it's the same it's the same game and the same politics are involved and that's not what i'm a biggest fan of really <laughs> i think that always interests me when we we talk to our mates who are big football fans and they you know they start arguing about their teams and this player's better than this player and that player's better than that player and to a certain extent they're all pro football players they all train the same they all work out the same and their skill level is pretty much bang on okay you get some outliers but like you say when people say oh he's he's shit he's not good how yeah. how can you tell <laughs> you know is you can say, oh, he scored more goals. Well, he's probably in the better position to score goals. Yeah, yeah, it's well, exactly that. You, there's no, no real reason. It's just, it, it is just an opinion, isn't it? And that's yeah. what I don't, I don't enjoy. Not that I don't enjoy about football because everyone can have an opinion, and we actually quite enjoy that everyone can have an opinion. But when you're actually in the um, industry and you're actually playing, and you've got managers there. It'd be quite nice if it was sometimes. I think it'd be nice if it was just a. I was in athletics in swimming, like I said, and you you put the work in and you get the result, and it can't be argued with. Which in a way is yeah. Sort of, I like to think education is a bit like that. You put the work in, and nine times out of ten, if you put enough work in, you you'll reap the rewards, and that's quite nice to have. I think. Where do you sit on the Ronaldo Messi debate? Ronaldo Messi, I'm firmly in the Messi camp. <laughs> <laughs> Purely because as well, I think he's not a Ronaldo's a great player, don't get me wrong, but Messi for me is a technical he's not he's not six foot and could be an athlete, although he obviously is an athlete. Ronaldo's more of that and he just he's such technical he's just he's a wizard really. I, and I that's love your opinion, him. but <laughs> well exactly that, yeah. And um that's that's what I mean. It's, yeah, it's no definitely I certainly understand that. But um, where are you guys on the Ronaldo Messi debate? Do you have an opinion? I'm not educated enough in the world of football to have an opinion on that. <laughs> no, I'd, I would say the same as you. I think uh, Messi, just you can see that whilst Ronaldo is very good, uh, he does have the uh, the athletic side of him that yeah. sort of carries him forward a little bit more. Uh, yeah. So you can see Messi has slightly higher technical skills. Yeah, yeah, no, good, good answer. <laughs> <laughs> for a rugby player, at least. Yeah, for a rugby player, I'll give you that. Um, so we talk a little bit about money. Um, now we looked at some statistics, and um, for sort of non-league players, it varies massively depending on the club you're at. But some some are saying like two hundred to up to a thousand pound a week. Does that sit well with you, or or not? Yeah, like you said. Each club is massively different. You'll get some clubs who will throw money at players and just hope to get promoted. Um, you really So the league that we're now going into, the National League, it's one below League Two. And you actually have teams in the league that are a lot of the teams are full-time. So it's their main um, source of income. That is what they do. So you'll get some players there that, yeah, 1,000 up to 2,000, maybe some of those in the full-time um, wow. teams. In the part-time that we're in, obviously, the lower down the league you go, it it tends to be uh, the less money they'll get, but starting eleven players in in the league we're in last year, um, so in National League North, um, step two of non-league, um, you get it's a really small world. But when you get people, they'll know some lad at this club who knows the striker, and it's often the strikers on the bigger money and figures getting thrown around of like twelve hundred pound a week for a part-time 
um, striker last season in the league, which is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, but, that's, that's mad money for, for part-time. It's, it's crazy when you have a, a, a job on top of that, which is why a lot of lads like to come out of a full-time game. Yeah. A bit earlier, get, a, yeah. get a job that pays. And if you get money, I mean, that's right at the top end of the scale for that club. But um, you get money in, in that league that might be five, 600 a week if you're a decent striker. And um, yeah. and it's, it's in another great source of income. So, yeah, that's, as I said, it depends as well if you're a starting level player, if you're on, more on the bench, on the fringes, then you might get a few hundred pound a week, um, which is still... It's, it's still better than most people for their hobby, isn't it? Yeah, playing fit with your mates, so it's not yeah, bad. exactly. What would be something that uh, someone getting into, well, a youngster looking to go into semi-professional football, um, something that you have to deal with that you probably had no idea you have to deal with? You probably have an idea um, about the fans, but yep. one thing I would say is that at non-league football, you don't have as many fans there, um, obviously, as, as the thousands that turn up in the professional game. So, bizarrely, you can actually hear them a lot more. Um, okay. So you'll get you'll get the lad behind the goal who thinks he could have been a player, and and I think you just have to be prepared for the abuse. Um, Is it quite prevalent at your level? You can really because the the grounds tend to be really not many. There aren't many seats. They're they're standing, and they are literally yep. if you're on the touchline, you are. It's about a meter or two meters away from the. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so you can hear every word they're saying to you, and more often than not, even if you had a good game. Um, I mean, I had one the other day, um, it was on, on the Saturday, and I thought I had an all right game. We won the game, thought I was lovely. But then it was um, half through the second half, and you go to let a ball run out, and it doesn't quite, and they're, going, they're effing and jeffing at you, telling you that you're awful. And, it, and it's it's kind of like, I'd be, yeah, prepared to prepared to, to deal, you. deal with the fans. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I know that's all part of the game, but I still find that bizarre. Yeah. I just... I don't get it. You turn up, you play football, and some geezer on the sidelines reckons he's fucking Lionel yeah. Messi. I don't yeah, get it. Some bloke's dad over there. Yeah. yeah it's, um, it's a good laugh. I mean, they pay their money. They can say what they want. And often, I mean, the fans are great. The fans we play for now at Kingston, they are great. They make... Went to... It was a pre-season friendly, and with the whole COVID situation, they, they only allowed, I think it was 50. It might have been... It seemed like a bit more than that. And they were there chanting away because they haven't had football for five months, competitive football. So they were their chance away. They're great normally, but you do get, yeah, the odd. I don't know if this was a home fan or, or, or an away fan, but, <laughs> but um, whoever it was obviously didn't think much to me and what I was doing on the pitch. So it was um, <laughs> quite funny. You've got to laugh at it, really. So this is a bit, I guess this is a bit of a weird question for a semi-pro footballer, but how do you progress? Uh, I guess you can climb the non-league uh, teams, but uh, how do you progress in it? Um, you progress, well, it's, it's, like I said before, you, if you play now at step one, the one below league two, I mean, if you play 30, 40 games in that, at that level at a, a good standard, there are plenty of clubs, that, plenty of scouts that come to watch. I know um, a, a couple of, of lads that have been scouted when I was at Ipswich, they went on loan there and, and they then got scouted and moved on. And there was Jack Marriott, these names won't mean anything, but Jack Marriott went to Woking when he was at Ipswich, he went on loan. And then he's now playing in the championship, playing in um, in Derby's team with Wayne Rooney. So, oh wow! And, and you do, yeah, you start to go up and, and up if you do play well at, at a non-league level. And it's about consistency, I think. Really, you play consistently, consistently well, and and you, you will get recognised. People are always on the lookout. Um, and I, I, for a fact, know that Ipswich are always on the lookout because I've, I've been in touch with the scouts at Ipswich, uh, and they've asked me about. 
players that I've played against. Um, yeah. So that's, that's definitely a way to progress. They drop down a bit thinking that's how I'm going to progress by just playing well at, at that level. And, and you definitely will. Would you still go into the industry uh, knowing what you know now? Still do it all again? The full-time industry, yeah, well, both industries, yeah. Um, okay, I good. definitely, it, it's the, the opportunities and experiences I've had, um, they're, they've been unbelievable. It's um, Still got the love for the game then? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say fell out of love, but I didn't enjoy it as much when I was full-time towards the end. Um, and in all honesty, I wish, I'm glad I've, I've played full-time football and it was in that for three years professional game. But um, I would have, in hindsight, gone into part-time football a year earlier um, because it was, it felt like giving up a bit. Um, but in reality, it's been the best thing I've done. Going to really not not I fell out of love with the game, like I said, but to find a real love for the game again and really look forward to going and training and playing every week. Um, I would, yeah, I'd go. Going to the part-time football a year earlier would be the only thing that I would have done, I think. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. I hope we uh, managed to get some football-related questions in there from two rugby players. <laughs> great to speak to you, yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, you, you can shout out your Instagram as well if you want. Yeah, my, my Instagram's Smith underscore Chris, I believe, if I've got that right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. All right, thank, thank you so, so much, much for coming on. Really interesting talking to you. Thanks, guys. Take care. Cheers, Appreciate Chris. it. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.